Hi, I'm Norman Greenbaum. I'm the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Welcome to episode 280 of On Screen and Beyond, the weekly show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. I'm your host, Brian Zimmerich, and this week, Norman Greenbaum joins us. He gave us Spirit in the Sky, that uh, fuzzy-sounding opening that everybody remembers and the song that no one can forget. It's coming up. Norman Greenbaum's going to be telling us all about that song and everything else about his career, and I hope you're going to stick around for that. And I want to remind you that if you're on Facebook, be sure to like us. If you are going to be doing any shopping and you uh, go to onscreenandbeyond.com and you see a sponsor, one of our ads, and you're going to go shopping there anyways, click on that ad. That'll take you to their site. We'll get some credit for it. It's your way of supporting the show without doing anything, really. And we'd appreciate the help from you. We've got a lot to get going to, so let's get right into it. It's time now for Remake Madness, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Remake Madness. Well, Daniel Radcliffe will star as Igor in the new remake of Frankenstein's story. Also in the cast will be James McAvoy as Dr. Frankenstein and Jessica Brown Findlay as Igor's love interest. It's going to be a different twist on the story. And another famous movie monster, Dracula, is in the remake path. Dracula Untold will give us a new look at the famous bloodsucker. And Paramount is working on 1974's The Gambler. It's a retelling of the drama which originally starred James Caan. That's it for Remake Madness coming up next on On Screen and Beyond. Upcoming new movies. Upcoming new movies on June 19th, 2015, Pixar will bring us a new animated feature called Inside Out. And Piers Brosnan and Owen Wilson will star in The Coup as a family to overseas gets caught in the middle of a coup and frantically tries to escape. Rob Schneider is in the cast of Life Outside as a former detective, now a homeless man, comes out of hiding after 15 years to save his daughter. That's it for upcoming new movies. Next on On Screen to Be On, we'll take a peek at sequels. Sequel City's next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Sequel City, well, as far as sequels, James Spader will play Ultron in the upcoming sequel to The Avengers, and 2015's sequel to Jurassic Park now has a name. Jurassic World will land in theaters on June 12, 2015, and Pirates of the Caribbean 5, Dead Men Tell No Tales, has been pushed back and will arrive in 2016. That's it for Sequel City. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we're going to take a peek at what's coming your way as far as TV... On DVD. TV on DVD. we got some good ones coming your way. On November 5th, look for Boy Meets World, the complete collection to arrive on DVD with Ben Savage and Ryder Strong. Also on uh, November 5th, 
Saved by the Bell, the complete collection, will land on DVD with Mario Lopez and Elizabeth Berkley. And on November 26, Breaking Bad hits DVD and Blu-ray, and it's a, also going to have a special Blu-ray edition that will come in a case that looks like a barrel. That's it for TV on DVD. Next on On Screen to Be On, Movies on DVD. Movies on DVD, October 22nd, the creepy horror flick The Conjuring will come to Blu-ray and DVD. And the story of Linda Lovelace will arrive on Blu-ray and DVD in November as Lovelace hits stores. And Grown Ups 2 lands on Blu-ray and DVD on November 5th. That's it for Movies on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we'll take a peek at the entertainment news. Next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Entertainment news. Well, it looks like BYU TV's Granite Flats returns for a second season in the spring of 2014. And you can check out our interviews from last year with two of the stars of the show, Richard Gunn and David Naughton, in our rerun section at onscreenandbeyond.com. It's a good show. Check it out. And Big Brother has been renewed for a 16th season. And you can look for Ben Affleck. He's going to be directing a pilot for Fox. And the show is called The Middleman. And Affleck will also be executive producer. That's it for entertainment news. Next on On Screen to Be On, back in 1969, Norman Greenbaum had a smash hit with Spirit in the Sky. Sold over 2 million copies in 69 and 70, and it continues to be used in movies and TV shows to this date. Now, Norman Greenbaum comes here to On Screen and Beyond to tell us all about those times and what he's up to now and so much more. Norman Greenbaum, Spirit in the Sky, is coming up next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Today on On Screen and Beyond, my guest is a singer-songwriter who gave us one of the most recognizable songs in music history. His fuzzy guitar riff can be heard in numerous TV shows and movies including Wayne's World 2, Apollo 13, Contact, Ocean's Eleven, Remember the Titans, House MD, and most recently, Lovelace and This is the End. The song is Spirit in the Sky, the man is Norman Greenbaum. Norman, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Well, thank you and hello to everyone. Norman, the song Spirit in the Sky is, I mean, what can you say about it? it it's been with you since 1969, and it, it's not one of those songs that faded away. Uh, how has that song affected your life? Well, it's affected it quite a bit. Uh, from the beginning and, until the, this moment, nobody, no, we, you know, when we did it, when I say we, because that involved other musicians that were playing behind me and uh, the producer and everything. Uh, 
we knew we knew we had something. We we knew it was real good, and it had a real good shot at making it. Uh, but uh, who would ever have known or thought that years later it would have just that it would have lasted? Still sounds good, which which is the interesting part about oh, yeah. it. And I've just been in so many movies and TV ads and everything. I just and now you know a lot of people because we've all gotten so older. Uh, a lot of people played at funerals, so it's just going to go on forever. And uh, what a thing! I mean, I wrote it, but I'm 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 amazed and and, and a fan of it myself. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I want to talk a lot more about that, but I, I want to start with you. Um, what made you decide to become a singer-songwriter? What were you doing when you were, you know, in your early years that made you move into that direction? Well, I was in high school and got my first guitar. I liked music. Uh, I listened to the radio after school a lot and uh, was really taken by my the earliest music that I liked. There's a, I had an older sister, of course, so she liked you know Frank Sinatra kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I was really taken by Bill Haley and the Comets and... Uh, of course, Elvis. Elvis was important. Mm-hmm. And, uh, gee, you know, it was interesting because I used to listen to all kinds of music because in those days we'd listen to AM stations and right. we could get in Boston area, we could get stations uh, all the way from, uh, it was, it was uh, uh, Wolfman Jack yes. from, De- from Del Rio, Texas. So we'd, I'd, you know, I'd hear a lot of uh, rhythm and blues, and uh, all of it had influences on me, and I just loved it. And I, I loved words; I loved putting them together, and I found that I had an affinity towards writing, uh, more so than playing. Although I did come up with one of the most memorable uh, riffs ever, uh, but I really had an affinity towards writing, and so I followed it. Uh, yeah. When you were young, and you were in high school, did, were you in bands, or did you, you know, did you start rock bands or something like that, or or were you in the no, music program? No, not like a lot of other people. Um, I did it uh, on the side as I was developing my character and uh, finding myself. I still hadn't found myself, mm-hmm. but I found that I could do it. Uh, but when I I went to Boston University for a couple of years and didn't like just going to for you know arts, uh, science, math, bookkeep, uh, you know accounting and all that sort of liberal arts didn't like that so much. But I liked the music part, so I started hanging out. If I used to hang out at radio stations, I used to you know. Spent some afternoons with Arnie Woo Woo Ginsburg, as oh, a matter of wow. fact. Because <laughs> uh, I lived just up the street from there when I was going to Boston University. So um, I did that. I used to do a little bit of uh, high school DJ work. Uh, so that's how I got into hanging around radio stations. But uh, it was it was getting into the folk music scene in the Boston area that really got me started and and made me decide that's what I really wanted to do. Hmm. Yeah. So 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 you actually went to the station where Arnie Woo Ginsburg was? 
Oh yeah. Wow, that's <laughs> I haven't I haven't uh, I haven't heard the name Arnie Woo Woo Ginsburg for a long time. <laughs> yes, I, I I think he's still alive. I'm not sure, but in fact, the last time I did correspond with him uh, over the years, and he was living in Maine. <laughs> really, really, wow, yeah. huh? Yeah. So as you're going through high school and you're you're finding yourself and everything, was music part of what you were learning in school? You know, did you did did they have plays and you were involved with those also or no not a bit not at all okay not a bit i did this uh, i mean i didn't come out of a closet all of a sudden as a musician writer i mean i went to school did the regular stuff but not 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 i did not act i, I didn't take music classes yeah. uh i just sat around in the room and uh developed myself hmm. So, so when did you break into the business as such? Well, uh, I had a friend who from Malden, where I was born, and he had been to Hollywood, and he came back and said he was going back. He loved it there. It was great. And then the Beach Boys had started, and it was 1965, and I was listening to that music, and he's going, oh, yeah, you know, it wasn't expensive to live there at the time, and um, I should give it a shot. And I didn't want to pursue music in New York. I didn't care for New York City much. Uh, I, I don't really like tall buildings. Mm -hmm. So uh, I said, whoa, yeah, L.A., well, at that time, Hollywood didn't have a lot of tall buildings. And... Uh, it sure was, you know, a center of music other than New York. And so I, you know, we drove out there uh, on his way back. And, you know, I moved, we moved in somewhere. And it was just absolutely wonderful. And a whole new, uh, whole new uh, direction, part of life for me. And so uh, I, you know, hung around, met some people, this, that, and the other, and I wound up, uh, so I was a big fan of jug band music back in the Boston folk scene, mm -hmm. uh, at the uh, Club 47, Cafe Yana, a bunch of places on Charles Street, and uh, so I found some people in L.A. that wanted to do uh, jug band music, so we formed a, a group called uh, Dr. West's Medicine Show and Junk Band, and this was at the same time where the uh, the trippy things started to happen on the West Coast, up north, San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And we were influenced by that somewhat, so we became the first official psychedelic jug band on Earth <laughs> with our own light show, and we painted our faces, and I wrote a song called The Eggplant at Eight Chicago, <laughs> And it was so bizarre and far out, we were signed, like, immediately. Really? I mean, wow. someone set up an audition with, with, with the manager of uh, the new Christie Minstrels, and uh, within, like, a minute, <laughs> we were signed. Wow. So that's how that all started, huh. that, you know, and my career. Yeah. Now, but it was Dr. West who was the first thing, not Spirit in the Sky. Yeah. Now, you mentioned the eggplant that ate Chicago. Now... I got to ask you, how did you come up with that song? <laughs> well, I was a big fan. 
Well, we're going back, you know, I mean, I, I just turned 70, so we're going back a, a lot of years here. <laughs> but uh, when, uh, you know, in the late 50s, I mean, there were people making compilation uh, 45s where they'd have these little stupid stories, and they'd play, like, you know, five-second excerpts from songs. Yes, yeah. And, uh, you know, one I, I, can't, I can't remember the names of the people who did it, but uh, there was one about, you know, spacemen landing and things like that. Right. And, I, and, yeah. I, and I, you know, and I went to the movies like everybody else, and the creature from the Black Lagoon and all that stuff. Oh, yes. Ah, this thing just popped into my head. I go, I can do something like that. So that was always it with me. I'd hear something. I can do something like that. <laughs> Uh, so I wrote the eggplant at H Chicago, and it actually made the charts, and we toured and everything, and it was, it was an interesting, uh, interesting phenomenon, actually. Yeah. Now, when you wrote it, did you did you think that it would become a hit? I didn't think. I mean, I was so enthralled and happy, and you know, this is the greatest thing ever. I'm in a jug band who paints. We paint faces, and you know, <laughs> we're all goofy and stuff, and, and we're on tour, opening up for Sonny and Cher and stuff, and and uh, yeah, it was wow. I was uh, I was <laughs> I was on a cloud. I'm I, sure. Nah, who knows? Yeah. I mean, I don't think I ever thought about. Well, of course, you know, I always want a hit. But I mean, I didn't. I didn't sit down and go. This is a hit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would have been happy. I don't know. I, I was happy. So, uh, and you know, became you know the absolute fave of uh, Doctor Demento. Oh yes, of course. <laughs> in fact, Doctor Demento has been a guest on our show in the past. Um, I'm sure. Yeah. So. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. You mentioned that you opened for Sonny and Cher. Who were some of the other people that you opened up for? As I was Dr. West? Yeah. Or or even, you know, on your own. Oh, well, on my own, it was much better. Uh, well, I opened up for The Doors. Wow. I opened up for The Moody Blues. Jeez. Played equally with John Mayall. Uh, wow. There was a group in L.A. called... Uh, oh, Jesus, what did I open for? Well, that's a good few. Yeah, I would say <laughs> yeah, so. There were more. <laughs> uh, but Delaney and br- 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 Delaney, Delaney and Bonnie, and Bonnie yep. um, whole bunch. Then you know, then I was opening. I mean, then I was the uh, the uh, topper. Right. Yeah. And the Doobie Brothers opened for me, so you know, kind of changed around, and <laughs> they went on to have a big a number of hits, and I became the one-hit wonder of uh, Petaluma. <laughs> <laughs> So, As I migrated from L.A. to Northern California. Yeah, yeah. Now, when in these early years, when when you were opening for these other acts, um, were you traveling with them, or were you? No, no, no. It was uh, it was a one on one, one to one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So that must have been uh, exciting to open for. I mean, to open for the Doors. <laughs> Well, that 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 was uh, that was quite a big one for me. Yeah, wow. And it was in Hawaii, so that was double big. That's yeah, that's a nice place to be. And I had never been there, so I mean, it was a, as you say, it was a joyride. I mean, it was just really nice. Mm-hmm. And uh, wow, I mean, that's it was a wow. 
Now, when, when you opened for these these groups, did you actually hang with them? And, and, and is it what most of us who... Not are... too much, and, 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 and I've always uh, stuck to my guns on, the, on, on how I interpreted it. Uh, headliners hated me because I had this monster hit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm sure you've talked to other people who will bring that up. Uh, in those days, there was jealousies. Really? Oh, yeah. And uh, I, I'm not going to say who and who and which, you know, were the worst of them all. But there were. And, I, I it's, you know, the headliners didn't want, the, you know, the second act to, 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 to uh, get more applause than them, possibly. Wow. It, it did exist. So that affected uh, hanging out with them. Things changed over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was still in the early days of uh, well, you know, you, you've done <laughs> you've done this with a lot of people. Egos abound. Yeah. <laughs> so who knows? You know, it's like the, the the star of a movie might say, "I don't want that person in this movie. He'll get more attention yeah. than me." Yeah. It's all over the place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I, when I think of the seventies, you know, I think of it as or the sixties as being the mellow time when you know, everybody sort of just. They all went together, you know. <laughs> well, see, but I wasn't part of the I wasn't part of the San Francisco scene, which was more like that. Oh, really? Or, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm more friends with them now than I was way back then. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, uh, I've gotten real close to a lot of the people uh, from 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 that time. But but it took a long time for me to 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 get there. Uh, and it was by, you know, circumstances I never knew would ever exist. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, there were, there were, there were jealousies. So basically, and, but, you know, you're on the road and, and you're opening up a, 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 for an act. And then, you, you know, you really got to, like, leave and go back to the room, back to the airport. Because you, you've got to go somewhere else also. Right, yeah. So, um uh, it wasn't always uh, <clears throat> a situation where where he had time to do that. Yeah, yeah. But when there was time to do that, of course, I hung around with a few. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, what about Spirit in the Sky? So, how did you come up with the idea of... of what a song, what a song. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> how? How did you come well, up with the idea? Well, interesting and tr- truthfully, I was watching, I was still in L.A. I had just been uh, signed by Eric Jacobson to, to do some, some music. I was not with Dr. West anymore, and I was playing in L.A. at Troubadour, and he happened to be there and saw me and said, I'd like to sign you. He just come, I mean, he was based in San Francisco and done all the hits with the Love and Spoonful, mm. and uh, he liked my material, which was not like Dr. West anymore. 
I decided that Dr. West had had run its course and it was time for me to move on and grow. And uh, I was watching uh, Porter Wagoner on TV. Yeah. And he was on, uh, you know, weekly. Uh, Not a big time show or anything, but he was on. And I was always intrigued by his pompadour, his... (laughs) gracious persona and his nudie suits but the sparklings mm-hmm. and uh, of course Dolly Parton right <laughs> and uh, he would always do a religious song about you know halfway through his half hour show and it was serious and although I wasn't a Christian and knew nothing much about it heck, it was again it was a thing I can do something like that <laughs> And that's how it happened. I sat myself down, and there it was. Now, the music took a while. The other part was easy. Uh, and um, there it was. And I can do that. And so I did it. Hmm. And a lot of people, you know, have their own versions. The Internet has spread all kinds of, you know, right. <laughs> misinformation about where it all came from, what it all meant. (laughs) People are still debating it after all these years. You know, people, because I have a website, spiritofsky.com. Yes. Lucky enough to have gotten that (laughs) when when the dot-com thing started to happen. And, uh, boy, I still still get letters from people, you know, thinking, yeah, yeah, I know know why I wrote that song. But they they have no clue. I know. It's funny how people always think that there has to be something behind the the song. You know, you wrote it for this reason or for this person or for this subject or whatever. And it's you know, I think some some people think too deeply. <laughs> you know, you just wrote it. <laughs> well, that, and and you know what? That that's that's great, and and it's true. Some people just write things. Right. And that's it. I mean, means nothing. But then, then they go, well, it must have meant something. It's got to mean something, you <laughs> yeah, know. Then I start to talk like, uh, you know, Jackie Mason. Got to mean something. <laughs> no, it don't mean nothing. Uh, and then the other songs, too, you know. I, I get emails and go, hey, listen, you know, uh, this song you wrote, uh, sounds a hell of a lot like my girlfriend. Like, I, you weren't doing it with her, were you? <laughs> I go, I don't know your girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, people think too much. Yeah. Geez. Or not at all, actually. Right, well, yeah. Whatever <laughs> you want to look at. <laughs> there you go. But like you say, there is, there on the internet, there's all sorts of stories out there of, you know, what this meant and what your, what your song meant and all that stuff. And it's well, just... the one that cracked me up really was... Uh, I know it's about dope, Norman. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they were so far wrong. I, I, you know, where'd that come from? Yeah. There geez. was no secret language in there. Yeah. Now, now, what made you decide to do that fuzzy guitar riff at the beginning? Well, I was, uh, you know, as I had said, I was a fan of jug band music, but at the same time, I was I was a fan of uh, old blues uh music uh, from the 30s and uh when uh when i was uh in boston still and uh, going to school uh, college 
um, there were a number of uh, old blues uh, people that were rediscovered and brought back to play the college uh, coffeehouse circuit. And so I heard a lot of that in person, and uh, that, that, you know, that kind of beat uh, was uh, the, the, the underscore of a, of, of a lot of that music. And uh, I'd always f played around with it, and um, didn't really steal it from anyone. Uh, lots of bands have had ver variations of it. Mm -hmm. But uh, I came up with my variation and uh, using the fuzz box uh, and, and the way we, we set it up, it just rang out and we, we had just, just discovered this great sound. Yeah. Well, it's one of those songs that uh, it, it, it doesn't sound dated. Uh, you hear some songs and you say, oh, that's from the 60s, or you hear this one, it's from the 90s, or, or whatever. But this is one of those songs that it, it doesn't seem to be pegged as a 60s or 70s or 80s or 90s or 2000s song. It, 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 well, obviously, everybody's using it in their movies. <laughs> so. Yeah, it, it's really amazing. Uh, it, it really is. And like I said, who, who would have known? But, you know, when, when I do a few gigs around here, I don't do many, but uh, people bring their grandchildren. And, and they're there enjoying it like, like, you know, wow, this is great. Yeah. And uh, it's just you know gone through, gone through the generations, and it just just makes it's it's one of these riffs that just make people happy. Yeah. Now it's been it makes you happy. Oh yeah. And, and now it's been remade many times by different groups and artists. And uh, is there any one particular that you like the best? Besides yours, well, obviously. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it was covered. It was covered numerous times. Yeah. Uh, it, Twice in England, it's been number one in England three times mm -hmm. by me and two other groups. One was Doctor and the Medics, yep, and yep. then a, and, and, and then again by uh, um, uh, a performer named Gareth Gates. So uh, as a song, it's been number one in England and all across Europe three times. Wow! Uh, just once in America, though their versions didn't do much here, but. Uh, that, 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 that was pretty good within itself. And um, I was just somewhere over the weekend and met someone from Germany. And he said, oh, yeah, you were number one in Germany. So, Jesus. <laughs> uh, people remember. And uh, it was just it's, uh, but, uh, my, favorite, uh, my favorite version. Well, I got a couple, you know. Uh, I kind of like the version that's done by the Blind Boys of Alabama, and uh, I kind of like the one that's done by the Kentucky Headhunters. That's a good one too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that one. yeah. yeah. Well, Norman, uh, you mentioned your website. Uh, so, what's the website, and what's what can people find there? Oh, well, I have a website at spiritinthesky.com, and uh, I have the reissues of all my music on uh, various CDs and shirts and hats, you know, the usual. Yep, yep. And, uh, but it also gives people the opportunity to write to me if they need to, even if they're negative. <laughs> <laughs> I try to answer them all. 
Unless they really piss me off. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and, and it's good, you know, so a lot of people, uh, you know, they, they get, they do get the chance to, uh, to write, to write to me <laughs> and say things like, that sounds a lot like my girlfriend. <laughs> well, we'll which, be... you know, that one always cracked me up. And yeah. <laughs> that kind of stuff, I mean, you know, it's not like I'm the Beatles or somebody. I don't. I don't need anybody to be answering my mail and stuff. So, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, yeah. So it's, it's that's out there for people to go and check out. Yeah, well, we'll put a link on our site so people can get to yours. And um, well, thanks. Uh, also, uh, want to finish up with two final questions. Now, besides music, uh, do you ever watch TV? And if so, what was your favorite shows uh, of now or in, in of the past? What are your favorite TV shows? Oh, well, going way back, I think I used to like Jackie Gleason a lot. Oh, yeah, classic. And I like Groucho. Yeah, yeah. Going way back. Mm-hmm. And uh, just for, like, that that was, I mean, I don't even have to explain why I like those. I'd watch Ozzy and Harriet, but only because it was just so weird. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Just so weird. And and the beaver. Yeah. You know, I mean it was those I mean, June Cleaver and and, and Harriet Nelson, I don't know. <laughs> you know, like I had a mother, all my cousins had mothers, my aunts. I mean, wasn't that way. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you know, there's a you know sometimes you watch things because of the weird factor, <laughs> uh, not jealousy. Wish it was that way. Just it's weird. Yeah, you yeah. watch it, and of course we do that now. There's so many shows on that are weird, like Storage Wars. It's very weird. Yes, but I watch it. Yeah, you know? I don't know why. Uh, I don't have to think too much. I guess. It's a lot better than listening to some of the news. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I follow, you know, I'm on Facebook, so we have like a little click where we watch all the talent shows. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we've got like a three or, three or four nights a week. Uh, we have our own little click going on a, on an endless thread. Uh, and we we become sort of like judges of what's going on. So we're ending up America's got talent right now. Who do you who do you think is going to win that one? I think it's between the uh three three classical singers and possibly the uh Asian um uh, I don't know what he does. Yeah, I know what you mean. The guy that goes backwards and comes up, stands up. Yeah, yes. he's, yeah, he's uh, he's something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, last year I was happy to see the dogs win. I like dogs, but uh <laughs> <laughs> the dogs got to win. Yeah. And uh but uh you know, you know, it's funny. I've taught my cat that because you can teach animals things they don't understand the words exactly, mm -hmm. but they put it together. So I can say Ryan Seacrest, and he comes in the living room and watches TV. <laughs> hey, you know, I, I go Ryan Seacrest, and and honestly, he comes, he comes, he comes. <laughs> <laughs> he sits down and he watches, or he just kind of sits there. But yeah, 
so I watched, you know, I watch American Idol and... Uh, and the, but of all those three, I must say though, I, I uh, as far as talent goes, I like the voice the most. Yeah, that's a good show. So I watched that. You know, a couple other shows. Uh, in my spare time, I, I, these days, of course, I'm not. A, I don't do the goat thing on the farm anymore. People think I'm still on the farm raising goats. But, <laughs> uh, but uh, I haven't done that in quite a, quite a very long time. But I, you know, I've. I have my summer garden, and I enter things at the fair. I did pretty good this year with my plants. I got three firsts and two seconds. Wow. Jeez. So uh, I was real happy with uh, the effort I put into that. And in the past, I've won with pastries and uh, photography. So I keep myself busy doing that. I do a few gigs around town, and, uh, you know, it's yeah, I was going to ask you, do, do you still play? Uh, and, and, of course, everybody must ask you to play Spirit in the Sky, right? <laughs> well, yeah, we try to play play a long version. and uh, hmm. Yeah. Well, Everybody uh, comes out for that, and they're they, uh, telling you it's, um, it's amazing. And like you said, you know, <laughs> it's just been in two movies. And it's up for another commercial, although I can't say what that one is yet because it's not a, a final. But it's, it's you know, I mean, Nike used it and American Express and HBO. Yeah. And yeah, it's a never-ending Toyota. song. <laughs> it just goes on forever. Jeez. And it just lends itself musically and uh, lyrically to a lot of things, and which, which has, you know, kept its life going. And... Uh, it's just not negative, so uh, it just—it's really amazing to. Uh, and I, 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 you know, I, I never thought that I'd be here, you know, today talking about that. Uh, for me, it's been difficult because uh, I was, you know, dubbed a one-hit wonder, and everything I did after that just didn't, you know, measure right. up. Yeah. And for years, you know, I struggled, and, and I did other things. I got out of music, and then all of a sudden, people rediscovered the song, and it opened up a whole new thing with publishing and making all these deals. And now I've been, you know, uh, out singing a little bit here and there. So it's all, it's all good. Hmm. It's all yeah. good. Well, that's great. Well, Norman, I thank you so much for spending some time with us here, and, and uh, yeah, it's well, been fun welcome. hearing your story. Thank you. Norman Greenbaum, I want to thank him so much for taking the time to talk to us here at On Screen and Beyond. What a great song, Spirit in the Sky. And we got the whole story right from his mouth. So that's what we do here at On Screen and Beyond. Each week we bring you more and more and more people from the music and the movie and the TV industry telling their stories, whether it's an actor, a singer, or a producer, or a director, or whatever. It's all here at On Screen and Beyond. Go to onscreenandbeyond.com. Tell your friends. We have over 280 different celebrities right there that they can listen to and hear some of their favorite people that they've watched on TV and movies and listened to their songs over the years, and it's all right here. So have them go listen to them. And let's see, like I was going to tell you, somebody's been, uh, people have been telling me that we should do a on screen and beyond day where everybody picks uh, the time and the date to turn around and download on screen and beyond so we can get that 100,000 people in a day 
by our 300th episode. So, we're going to go for September 24th, all right? Now, on September 24th, we need everybody to go to On Screen and Beyond, tell your friends, everybody else, and turn around and download the episodes of On Screen and Beyond. We want to get 100,000 people in a day to listen to On Screen and Beyond. And you gotta got to help us out here because we want to do it by our 300th episode. we got uh, 19 more episodes to go, and uh, we need your help. So we're going to do a couple of days like that. We're going to start off with this one, September 24th. Remember that? Uh, so depending on where you are in the world, because we're heard all over the world, uh, you got to try to coordinate that because that's September 24th. That is uh, U.S. time, okay? So be sure to do that and help us out, and we'll see if we can hit that mark. If not, we'll go and we'll do it on another day. We'll try to you know, do it a couple of times to see if we can get up there. We've been over 92,000 people in a day listening to On Screen and Beyond, and we want to get it up to 100,000, okay? So your help will be appreciated. And if you're on Facebook, be sure to like us. And uh, if you're on iTunes, subscribe to us because uh, you won't even have to do anything. The episodes will come to you. So that's even you know more convenient. And if you're on iTunes, you get to see pictures of what we're talking about because it's a M4A format, and uh, so, you know, something you can do and uh, see at the same time. Well, that's about it. So uh, until next week, we got another great guest coming away. Until then, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zimrak. Take care. (laughs) 